Hello and welcome to Made by Mummers, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Now, today is an incredibly special extra episode of Made by Mamas in partnership with Bloom and Wild and Tommy's. It is, and it's actually a great privilege for us to release this episode today. Bloom and Wild know that Mother's Day can be a sensitive time. It can be a reminder of a loss or a difficult experience conceiving. Yeah, it really can, George. And we probably don't speak about that enough, actually, with one in four pregnancies ending in loss during pregnancy or birth, as research by Tommy's found, the chances are that lots of us will know someone affected. Bloom and Wild have brilliantly partnered up with Tommy's as part of their thoughtful marketing movement to help raise awareness and encourage people to reach out to someone they know who might be struggling at this time of year. They've actually designed a special one-off bouquet called The Hope and one pound from each sale will go to help vital research into miscarriage, stillbirth and premature birth so Tommy's can keep saving babies' lives and fund more amazing midwives to support parents at every stage. And speaking of amazing midwives, this special episode of Made by Mamas will be featured featuring two incredible women, one of whom is a midwife, to explore the conversation around miscarriage and baby loss further. It's really important to say that at this stage, if now isn't the right time for you to listen to this conversation, please do hit pause and return at a time that's better for you. The most important thing is to take care of yourself. Let's meet today's incredible guests. So today joining us for this absolutely vital conversation, which we are so looking forward to, uh, one of the incredible Tommy's midwives, Juliet, uh, and B, who's experienced baby loss and has been a supporter of Tommy's for a long time now. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. It's so lovely to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. That's lovely, lovely to be here. Just before we kick off, because we've had lots of questions, as you can imagine, it's a subject that so many of our followers and listeners want to talk about. But just to get started, do you want to give us a little bit of background on both of you. Juliet, you're a midwife. Do you want to just kick off? So uh, I'm a midwife at Tommy's. So uh, they're sort of leading pregnancy health um, charity in the UK. So I'm one of the uh, team of midwives there. Um, I'm also an NHS uh, pregnancy after loss midwife. So I work in a, uh, a big NHS trust in the south of England, where I am part of a rainbow clinic. So we look after um mums, families in pregnancies after loss. So um, particularly uh, late miscarriage. So if someone sadly had a loss over 16 weeks, um, Mm. stillbirth or early neonatal death. So my role is to um, ensure that people have the best possible care in their subsequent pregnancy, which um, as I'm sure Bea will will be able to say uh, from her own experience, you know, pregnancy after loss can be a hugely challenging and and uh, a very anxious time. So I have two midwife hats. I, I work for Tommy's uh, as part of their pregnancy hub, but also um, a specialist midwife uh, in the NHS. And Julia, what was it about Tommy's that that made you, you know, want to get involved with them? I mean, we know what a special organization charity that they are but what, what was it that drew you to them so yes they're a very very special charity if I take my Tommy's midwife hat off and leave my NHS hat on um, <laughs> I think Tommy's are they're so grounded and rooted in research so all their clinical uh, guidance or their practice their specialist clinics is rooted in 
uh, really groundbreaking research. When you're looking for information, make sure you choose information wisely. So that might be NHS information. And Tommy's is always right at the top of the list because we know that the information, the support is, is rooted in clinical practice and rooted in current research. It's also a charity that's packed full of people who are absolutely passionate about safety mm-hmm. in maternity care and support for anyone who's been through uh, pregnancy difficulties or or baby loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, firstly, before we before we get into this chat, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for coming on today and talking about this so bravely. I know it can't be easy, but I know from the amount of questions that we've had sent in, you are going to be helping thousands of women. So yeah, sure. like big hearts from both of us this end. <laughs> um, B, would you just like to tell us your story? So, I mean, I live in Watford. So I've been uh, living here for a probably about eight years now. Got married and had my daughter, India, who is now nine years old. And then uh, we we tried to start another, um, tried to get a sibling for India. And unfortunately, it didn't work work out as planned. I suffered from two miscarriages and one for, um, sadly, we had to go through a termination for medical reasons. So I do a lot of um, campaigns with Tommy's for baby loss and uh, still continue to do so. And um, I eventually did have my rainbow baby um, after seeing Tommy's. So this charity definitely means a lot to me and my family. I, I guess, um, am I right in thinking that you are of Indian, your your background is Indian? I'm Indian, British, now, yeah. What what? What is it like culturally for you when it comes to baby loss? And is it something that you discuss amongst your uh, amongst the family? With the Asian culture, um, especially with the older generation, it was hard um, because they have a different uh, mentality when it comes to baby loss. So I went through it was quite it was quite tricky because I had a lot of um, negative comments said to me, um, not just from like friends but also from family, and I think. You know, it's because the way they were raised, they were obviously raised differently. Where we are raised differently in Britain and more modern now. And you see, our society is very modern when it comes to the Asian culture. There was a lot of things that were said that made me feel really upset. So it's definitely harder because, as I said, our parents' generation are completely different and they have different values of Mm. a woman. If a woman is uh, going through a miscarriage, then the partner may leave them, you know, oh. or it wow. looks bad on the uh, on the woman that she can't carry a baby. Mm, gosh, B. What sort of thing? What I mean, that's that seems completely alien to us. And you know, and like you say, we we're I guess we're quite progressive, and we talk about you know baby loss a lot. So to hear that there's you know to, you would get negative comments is quite shocking. What sort of things were being said? So with the with the family wise, as in like when it comes to the culture, I mean there was different things. Some people said things that work differently which are my colleagues, and then mm-hmm. some people from family side. So, you know, with the family side, it was a bit like the older generations will be like, don't you know your daughter needs a sibling? Um, and other comments like, um, your husband will leave you if you don't have another baby. Oh my you gosh, know, uh, things like that. Or, you know, you can't carry a baby. So, you know, again, your husband will leave you. And let's talk about 
um, comments made either, you know, during the baby loss process afterwards when, or afterwards when people feel they don't know what to say, or there isn't any of that education around having the conversation. Juliet, you must hear mm-hmm. it first off that the people that are experiencing baby loss feel that they're not supported. And then from friends and family members, how do we support? I think it's such an important question to to think about the fact that whatever um, our cultural uh, identity or backgrounds, you know, baby loss um, is not a subject that any of us find easy to mm-hmm. uh, to talk about. Um, But what we know from listening to parents who um, have walked the sort of very painful path of of baby loss, recurrent miscarriage, um, you know, neonatal death, what what they tell us is that um, most people want to help. They want to say Mm. the right thing. They want to uh, be supportive. They want to, um, you know, provide kind, loving support, but they don't know how and they don't know what to say and I think that can be motivated by not wanting to make it worse so Mm -hmm. not wanting to say the wrong thing Um, and I think listen my experience listening to parents is this is so grief can't be made better by um, Mm. the right words you know grief for any of us who've lived through loss uh, grief it's it's I often describe it as like hard work it's something that we we have to go through and and there isn't a, a right word that will make it better so it isn't something that can be solved and so if we take the pressure off ourselves to try and have the right thing that that potentially might make it easier or better or solve I think that can can free us to to or uh, can encourage us to just mm. express kindness uh, our thoughts I, I do think one of the things that um, can be particularly unhelpful is in our attempts I think to try and not say the wrong thing we might try and provide some kind of solution or yes. say something statistic that or yeah. yes yeah And so we often, I think one of the things that is worth just a top tip to avoid is any sentence beginning with the words at least. At least you know you can get pregnant. Pregnant. At least least you've already got a child. child, Yeah, which we hear. But I think when it doesn't make any emotional sense, when you're grieving, the at least doesn't fit anywhere you know, in us, it's, it's, and, and I think one of the things that can be helpful, if, if at least is not helpful, one of the things that can be helpful is to express, I care, I'm yeah. thinking of you. And so just something really, really simple, like, I just want you to know, I've really been thinking of you. And I'm here if you need me. And I care. Yeah, I think I think one hundred percent. Yeah, agree. Yeah, absolutely. Would would that have would that have been helpful for you, B? Do you think in in the you know the days, the weeks afterwards, and and were you discussing it with your friends? Were you looking for support? Where were you with your grief during that period? So you know, with my first pregnancy, uh, we did tell a lot of people about it because I wasn't expecting. Sorry, not my first pregnancy, not with my daughter India, but my second pregnancy. When I went through the miscarriages, it was. um, it was okay because obviously it's my first time and I didn't know I had an ongoing problem. Um, so I did have friends around me. I think it's more of the second time. It's like, why are you putting yourself through this all the time? You know, comments and you're doing it again. You know what happened last time. Why would you even bother? So wow, for me, it was just about um, just having that 
person to be there for me and not mm. to have all these silly comments because that brought me down even worse like even you more. don't need judgment do you when it's no 100% so when I had my third pregnancy I didn't tell anyone and I'm kind of glad I didn't because it all turned out to be not great anyway at my 12-week scan so because I didn't want to hear all of these comments and to say oh we told you so um, because that's what it was feeling like. What point did you um, get involved with Tommy's or reach out to Tommy's what I guess what led you to seek the extra support after my first miscarriage I just was told I was it was bad luck and after the second um my miscarriages were ending at eight weeks I started to so when I fell pregnant at eight weeks they seemed to pass away so during this time I knew there was something not right with me anyway I wasn't feeling well since having my daughter India so I was going in Mm. and out of um uh going to see the GP quite often but they kept on dismissing me and saying to me that my blood tests are all fine and normal so after my second miscarriage when they turned around and said to me that I basically I'm going through another miscarriage and it's twins and to find out on top of that that I'm unable to have any testing done until I have the third miscarriage despite losing two uh, three babies uh, from two pregnancies I was absolutely mortified to know that I had to go through all of this again. And literally in that time, I was pregnant constantly for three years. So I was really, really upset about that. And I just knew there was some sort of medical underlying problem Mm. with me that I couldn't carry a baby. So I then just kind of like Googled and wanted to see if there's anyone out there that could help me. Um, and then I found Tommy's by Google. So I contacted them and they were really happy to for me to go in and see them at St. Mary's Hospital um, in City. I went to go and see them and they did one simple blood test and they found out I've got a autoimmune disease called lupus. Okay. So it explains mm. everything with my daughter's pregnancy because that was very complicated and how I was feeling after that. Um, so they said to me, when I turned pregnant again when I am pregnant again they put me on this treatment plan so to follow um, which uh, has worked because obviously I got my 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 seeing he was now three years old and he's my little rainbow baby wow that's amazing that is incredible an amazing story as I said earlier on in the chat we had so many questions come in from so many amazing women who are either going through it or looking to uh, support their close friends and family so I think we just crack on because I would I would love to get through as many of these as possible um I'm going to kick things off with um a, a message from Emma who says how to support a friend whose baby was stillborn at 38 weeks that's that's a huge huge profound loss I mean there's no hierarchy to grief and there's no uh, somebody who's experienced a miscarriage or uh, you know an early early loss may have very profound grief mm-hmm. but when somebody has got to the point of almost term in pregnancy it's uh, utterly mm-hmm. devastating so what I think in terms of support for some somebody who's been through that is to understand that this uh, grief will probably take um, a long time to, to um, I mean, grief never really resolves, but to somebody will need lots of time, lots of space to process sort of such a profound grief. I think I would say um, 
grief requires a huge amount emotionally, physically, mentally from someone. And so actually offering um, kind contact, which doesn't require anything of the person who is in the middle of, you know, the, mm. the whirlwind, the, the storm of grief. So even sometimes, you know, thinking, uh, I'll just send a text to see how they are. And uh, you might write, how are you? Even that question might be too much, you know, on one moment they might feel that they're completely overwhelmed and another moment they might have a moment of okayness so I think it's about again um, it's about expressing a a sense of I'm here and Mm. I care and I'm thinking of you and um, I think I think there isn't any I think when you do that, when you can start from saying, I want to express how much I care and how sad I am for your loss, you can't really go wrong. Because um, one of the things that we hear all the time from parents is that people will avoid avoid talking to them. And so I think that doesn't require anything of your friend, just keeps them knowing that you're there is, is the main thing. You know, like what you just said, sometimes they might want you there, sometimes they might not want you there. Some, You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, is it? And I no. guess if you... Yeah, if you're just showing that you are there when, when they need you, then you can't you know that what you know what else can you do there's you know you you can't provide solutions like you said before it's just about reassuring and letting someone know that you are there when you need them to be there I guess I think if that someone's named their baby which often somebody will that you know we might have a name ready from even before yeah. you know someone gets pregnant and so I think if you've been given the honor and privilege of knowing a baby's name then always use their baby's name you know I I think saying something that includes their baby in in the conversation is that you know they and again sometimes we think oh will I be making someone feel worse or or more upsetting but actually again one of the things we hear at Tommy's all the time is is that um you know babies being forgotten or names not being used can be really heartbreaking Mm -hmm. there's a question here from Kaylee and B you might be able to offer some advice here as well how to be positive in a pregnancy after baby loss it was hard being pregnant with seeing obviously I just didn't think it was going to happen um and it was COVID as well so on top of it I was just full of anxiety um but I just remained calm and just, you know, Tommy's were there to make sure I have two-week scans. So, right. you know, they, they gave me that reassurance that this pregnancy is going well. It's going, you know, I had further te- testing done and um, that helped as well. But um, it's a bit difficult because after you've gone through so many losses, your hope kind of goes away. So, you know, all I could do was just, go through this pregnancy and see what happens and I kind of was prepared for it mentally as well that just in case if it doesn't happen then I'm ready to go through it again because Mm. that was my choice so you know when we me and my husband decided to try for the final time it was a quite a big um like we we had to really think about it before we go Mm. through this final you know final try and be ready mentally for this process um because it could be back to it could lead to be 
being back to square one. You've got to just try and be positive as much as you can, I suppose, and try not to stress your own body out during the pregnancy. It's easier for me to say, but it is also hard at the same time. It's just, you know, something that if you really want, you just got to give it a go and try it, really. Would you would you say it's very much day by day? So as opposed to looking at the bigger picture, is it is it very yes. much right? Let's deal with today, and then when today's oh, a good day, let's deal right. Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't looking ahead or anything. I wasn't thinking of baby names. I wasn't, to be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to happen. Why? Right? Because I've been, you know, let down so many times, and um, I didn't know what my how my lupus was going to react to the pregnancy or anything. So mm-hmm. um, the the only assurance I did have was to go each you know day by day and mm. then obviously with the support from Tommy's that I received kind of made me a bit more positive each day as further as we went along. I think one of the things um, Zoe to, to know is that about 70% of women are pregnant within the year of their loss and so that's a huge number. Most people are pregnant again within a year and um, if we think about uh, Emma's question of you know somebody who's had a 38-week you know loss so this the evidence is that um these are for women who've had a stillbirth so a baby born with no signs of life over 24 weeks you know, the first year after any bereavement is, you know, like no other, and people are embarking again on the journey that led them to, you know, the the tragedy. And I think, I think it's understanding again. Sometimes we can think, oh, they're pregnant again. Phew, thank goodness. You know, yeah, good. Uh, you know, that will fix it. But it nothing fixes the loss of, of a baby. Uh, you know, they might be in a new pregnancy, but but people often talk, um, they often use words like survival or uh, terror. Uh, and those aren't words that we normally think of when we think of pregnancy. Yep. And yet yep. they are words that parents use in pregnancy after loss. Mm-hmm. Um, because for all the reasons that you've described, be you know, people's trust in their bodies is eroded, trust in the system. We haven't been able to keep their baby safe. And so I think acknowledging that that it's a really unique and challenging journey, pregnancy after loss. And we're never meant to do the hard journeys on our own. We that's why we need you know, people to support us and, and walk alongside us. But just an understanding that pregnancy after loss is not a sudden, or oh, everything yeah. is okay now, it's yeah. all fixed. Yeah. That actually yeah. can be really psychologically challenging. Mm-hmm. And what about supporting somebody who's pregnant after loss? Um, I've got a, a good friend who had a, suffered a couple of miscarriages and then fell pregnant. And she said... When she told me, she said, I don't want you to get too excited, like straight away before she told the news. And I'm telling Mm. you because I know that you won't get carried away. And I remember her saying that to me and I was like, right. And I thought that's it's tricky to know what the right thing to do is because you want to be so over the moon and, you know, do all the normal things like, you know, get baby clothes and talk about names and plan a baby shower and all of that. But actually... If somebody is feeling anxious about, you know, and taking it day by day, is that the wrong thing to do? Well, I think one of the things that can be helpful, I don't know what what you think, because everybody is unique, but just as a a midwife looking after people, I often say to people, I'm not expecting you to be hopeful. Of course, you'll be anxious, of course, but I'll I'll hold some hope for you. You know, let me do that bit. 
And I mm. think if you are a friend who has, you know, is trying to support um, a friend who's been through loss, uh, I wonder about saying, you know, uh, I, okay, I, I will follow your leads. I will, you know, I, I won't get overexcited, but let me just tell you, I'm holding hope for you. I'm, I'm yeah. here in the background. I'm not going anywhere. Um, you can tell me when you're having a good day and you can tell me when you're having a rubbish day and I'll be here and we'll do this together I think the loneliness of pregnancy loss and pregnancy after loss can be really profound and so I think that's an idea yeah I totally agree with you there because it's the same situation with me I think I was a bit like your friend where she you know don't get to get your hopes up high or anything because I don't know where this is going to go that's how I felt so and my friends are very like well let's take each day as it comes and see what you know I'm surely be okay if you need me I'm always here etc so it was a bit like that as well so B what about those little gestures like you know a really lovely bouquet of flowers with a little note or you know something on mother's day to to market would those were those important did you feel that you 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 needed those gestures um yeah i mean it was i mean i love flowers so yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yes it, those sort of things um, i you know i think they're doing it from their hearts so i didn't receive any flowers or anything um during the times but um I think it's a nice thing to mm. do because uh, you're yeah. showing them that you're actually, you know, thinking of them, mm. right? So I think, you know, because of the miscarriages I had, I didn't really tell anyone. So I didn't really have much people to uh, able to understand what I was going through mm. because mm. I wasn't communicating about it well enough. Because I, And that, that was now looking back, at it, I probably wouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have spoken about it more someone here says i wish you were prepared for the physical trauma pending when sent home to see oh. um and we've had a few questions around that actually juliet so um i am I'm, I'm thinking that that person is talking about where there's um uncertainty in a pregnancy mm. maybe mm-hmm. they've had a, an early scan um yeah that's a, a really really difficult thing to navigate that sometimes people are might have perhaps experienced some uh, symptoms of, of miscarriage so bleeding or cramping or and they go into um, an early pregnancy assessment unit and are told mm, we're not sure we're not sure what we whether uh, come back in two weeks well goodness two weeks yeah. is you know maybe you've got your yeah. dates wrong maybe uh, but it's utterly unbearable I think I think as human beings we're 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 kind of designed to be able to navigate certainty so even bad news even things that are devastating somehow we have a capacity to to uh, hold really bad news uh, it might mm. completely floor us but I think uncertainty is one of the most difficult things to navigate and so our minds try and help us out and give us all the options um, of what might be um, and from the worst case scenario to, to the best case but that can be an exhausting process and so we often at Tommy's talk to people who in exactly those situations though, where they've had an early scan and then uh, sent, sent away to wait and see. And we talk about staying in the moment, staying in today, staying um, as much as they are able, being kind to themselves, thanking their nervous system for trying to help them out by providing all these, you know, 
possibilities, but not to give themselves an impossible task of knowing what the future holds. Um, It's it's too much. It's too much for any of us. And actually, no doctor, no consultant can know what tomorrow will bring. And that, again, is where I think if you can have somebody who can be with you in those moments, even if it's one friend or your partner, where you go, oh, let's do this together. This isn't easy, but I think naming it as really hard and then saying, but try to keep everything as small as possible and not trying to solve tomorrow because no one can know, um, mm, which is lovely, Julia. Yeah, yeah, that's great there's advice. Been, there's been quite a few questions um, here around, you know, if you've been been through baby loss yourself, how you know how do you mentally cope when people around you are announcing a pregnancy? Oh. And then also someone else here actually saying, how do I support a friend just after have just after a loss? We were pregnant at the same time. Um, I think oh. it, that I mean I can't imagine I haven't I haven't been through it myself, but I guess especially having a friend if you're both pregnant at the same time and then you're excited together and one you know it does it doesn't happen uh, it, you know it doesn't go to full term that I how, how do you how do you navigate that relationship and 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 that situation it's probably uh true to say that it it's not going to be easy <laughs> it's not going to be easy for either of you and um one of the things that we know that grief does especially um i think around baby loss which is a really complex form of grief is that it can mean that we we're, we're com- completely devastated and shattered and unable, I think, to navigate those social interactions in a way that we ordinarily would. And so I think if you are a friend who, as you say, you know, pregnant at the same time or would have been due at the same time, offering lots and lots and lots and lots of margins, lots of grace, lots of, you know, kindness to know that if your friend can't face seeing you it's not because she doesn't love you or care about Mm. you it's that it's too it's too much and that might feel hard if you're the friend wanting to provide support but again it, it isn't because the friendship has you know gone it is that grief has taken their capacity at that point and you know in time if you can hold on and keep you know as as I've said just keep those small Mm. gestures of I'm here I care I know it's hard I am thinking of you Mm. then then hopefully in time as grief does its work there there will be hope beyond but you have to be a bit teflon coated I think as a friend in those moments and and not and know that it isn't about you it's about what they can manage manage at, at yeah. that time I, I will never forget sitting my sister down um I don't know if you know the story Julia and B but no. my sister didn't didn't ever get pregnant but all she ever wanted was to have children but she went okay. through early menopause so early that it left her completely infertile so she got right. that horrendous diagnosis that it was mm-hmm. just never going to happen for her yeah. and Gosh. I remember sitting down with her in a restaurant and telling her that I was pregnant and we should have been pregnant at the same time together because we were both trying at the same time. And she just had to withdraw. Yeah. She had to withdraw from our relationship. And I remember thinking in my head at the time, God, this is, you know, this is, I'm pregnant and isn't it exciting? And then thinking, 
this is she's going through the worst thing in her entire life of never becoming a mother in that capacity. And there am I telling her about my amazing news. And it did impact our relationship yeah. for probably a good year. In fact, yeah. even when Luna came along, I could see the devastation in her face every time. And every time anyone announced a pregnancy on Facebook or Instagram, she just had to come off social media. She just could not handle it. Now, we have the most beautiful relationship and she's an amazing aunt and she's a stepmom and it has happened for her on a different route. But I think that's such a lovely point, Juliet, because you have to think, yes, it's an amazing time for you. And yes, you want to be there for your friend, but she might not be able to handle it because of her own yeah, grief. And exactly. that is a really important point to take yeah. on board that it will come back round. And I was definitely in that situation as well. So I did want when, when I was going through all my miscarriages and, you know, people used to announce their pregnancies and, I used to be devastated. I used to be, mm. kind of be like, I was obviously happy for them, but inside I was also devastated. It was such a weird feeling I was going through. I can't even describe it. And yeah. I guess it's sometimes allowing yourself to have those feelings and know that it's okay. You know, yeah. if you're, mm. if you're, you know, going through fertility struggles or you've suffered a loss and people around you are getting pregnant, that's a really natural feeling to not feel mm. over the moon. Like it, it, it's Absolutely. not, you're totally, not a bad yeah. person or, you know, it doesn't make you a lesser friend for feeling no. like that. That is a natural feeling. It's a natural way to feel. At the time I was feeling bad, you know, I was mm. thinking, why am I feeling like this? You know, so but yeah, yeah, I completely understand it now. It's hard to admit that to a close friend it's hard even to admit it to ourselves isn't it we know jealousy or the the feelings that we all have but aren't you know top of the list of things we admit to which is where I think a charity like Tommy is where you can pick up the phone and speak to a specialist midwife and we have people tell us all sorts of things that they said I've never never said this to anyone before but actually I feel really jealous of my best friend and it's like oh say it because this is a safe place because not saying it doesn't mean that you don't still feel it it's there and it will get it will come out somehow but yeah I think finding a safe space to to express what's true is is really helpful there's another question here um gosh what to write in the baby first birthday card do you write it to the mum or to the baby the baby was born sleeping oh gosh I think I think just even asking that question is an expression of lovely lovely care isn't it Mm. that someone cares enough to think I wonder what would be most helpful and so firstly whoever sent that question in you know thank you for caring enough to ask I think if you've got any um if you've got any clues from the time uh, up to that point, so has your friends used their baby's name really regularly? Are they talking about um, their baby's birthday coming up? Are they, um, you know, if could, because if they're expressing very much um, those things as as if their baby was, you know, here and and to be celebrated, then I think uh, writing their their baby's name in the card makes sense of that if you're not sure or you maybe you're not quite as close and and I mean if you're close I think you can ask you say oh I'm really looking forward to writing a card for you know um the baby's birthday I'm, I'm wondering what would be what would what would you find uh, you know best shall I, shall I write it to you or shall I write it to them you know it might be possible that you have a relationship you can yeah. ask that but if yeah. you don't I think what put both <laughs> you know write to both you know find a way to just put it thinking of you but I think using a baby's name is often really precious and yeah. and what a lovely gesture like you said exactly. because 
you're still a mother you are yeah. a mother mm, yeah you know 100%. you fr- from fr- even people we were talking about this the other day that dream of having babies that haven't managed to conceive yet you are a mother from the moment you think right this is my journey and I'm embarking on it and then everybody should be able to have those conversations and you don't feel sit don't feel silly like I think a lot of people are like oh well you know I'm not a mum yet but they've been trying to have a baby for three years and so yeah. you're kind of like yeah. well you're already you kind of down that yeah. journey let's let's all be supportive of one another the fact that that friend would you know, wants, like you said, Juliet, wants to reach out and be there is beautiful. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. it is all of those sort of milestones, you know, like birthdays, Mother's Days, those times that can be triggering to let somebody know that you're thinking of them, you know, however that is, whether it's sending them, you know, some flowers in the post or whatever. I think there, no wrong can come from that just to show somebody mm. kindness in those mm. moments. You really yeah. can't you can't go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I think expressions of care are always right. I agree completely, Mm. you know, and uh, with days, like you say, specific days, Mother's Day, birthdays, something matters. It matters when someone remembers, it matters. And it makes the journey of grief, I think, a bit a bit for those moments, a bit less lonely on on those days. And certain days hold meaning don't they and if everyone around has cards up or flowers or and you're the only one who doesn't and yet you know you've said goodbye to your baby I mean it's it's huge I think those gestures you're right matter hugely and make again it doesn't make anything better but it makes people feel less alone and Juliet um on a sort of I guess sort of parting note for anybody experiencing baby loss or anybody that wants to point you know family members friends to the right direction they should reach out to Tommy's correct they should go online yeah Yeah. and we talk to um we talk to uh women we talk to partners we talk to grandmas we talk to grandpas we talk to gps we talk to we'll talk to anybody who is at any point in their pregnancy journey needing support so it isn't an advice line for um it is for women who've experienced you know miscarriage or baby loss but it's also for their partner um it's for their family members it's for you we have um sisters ringing and saying can you help me i just really want to help my sister so yes definitely um you can email if if you know, a conversation feels too much, you can email in. But yeah, the advice lines open Monday to Friday, um, you know, nine to five. So we'd love to talk to you. That's great. Juliet B, thank you so much thank for coming you. on the podcast today. What thank an incredible you. conversation, a really big one, but super important. And we're so grateful to both of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Made by Mummers in partnership with Bloom and Wild and Tommy's. For more support or advice, no matter what stage you're at in your journey, visit tommies.org. And if you want to reach out to somebody going through a tough time, Bloom and Wild are here to help. Just head to bloomandwild.com and use code MUMMERS15 to take 15% off. And as a final note from Zoe and I, conversations like these are exactly why we started Made by Mummers. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Bloom and Wild and Tommy's for their support. And we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production. And today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group.